Good afternoon, kings and queens. Thank you for listening to episode four. This is Queen's Club Radio, and I'm your girl, Regal Rebecca. So I just want to thank you guys for tuning in today. I know it's been a minute since you guys have seen me or heard from me. Uh, I had to work through some things for this episode, but that's why I knew it was so important to push through. Um, I quite literally, just before I started recording, had to tell myself, you are not no punk. So you will record this today, and you are going to put it out there today. I'm not holding back and I'm not living in fear anymore. So I encourage you guys to do the same. We got to stop living in fear, y'all. Like it's false evidence appearing real. There's nothing to be afraid of. But yet we'll get tricked so many times thinking we got to be afraid of this and this and uh, all different types of things. But I'm getting ahead of myself. This is not what the episode's about, but I just felt it necessary to speak on that and just to say, you know, I was afraid and I still feel a little shaky about this, but that's why it's so important for me to push through and to get this message out there um, and tell my story because this needs to be heard, not only for you all, but it's important for me to hear it and to see what's going on and to change it. So one, I just want to tell you guys, I'm up to 52 listens right now um, throughout the three episodes. And so thank you so much. That's a huge win. I never thought that um, people would want to hear so much of my story. So I'm just so thankful to you guys for tuning in week after week. It means the world to me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, if you don't like going to Anchor to hear the plum, to the, hear the podcast, you can check me out on Google Podcasts. It's also available on Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, um, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Stitcher. So if you already use one of those platforms, please go ahead and subscribe to my podcast from there and listen there. You don't have to always go to Anchor. And I will do a better job of uh, putting the links to the other platforms out there, just not Anchor. Also, I want to let you guys know, I will be going live tonight at 7 p.m. on Facebook to have a Facebook Live party for Regal Gems. So if you're interested in um, my jewelry business as well, are you just like jewelry? Come and check your girl out, rock with Regal, and see what gems you want to pick up. Everything's $5, lead and nickel free. And so, yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. And if I haven't thanked you guys enough, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I'm just so grateful to everyone who's been listening and tuning in with me. And the feedback that I've been getting from you all, it means the world to me. Now, yeah, let's get started because if not, I will be rambling on forever and I am not trying to deflect anymore. So let's attack things head on. So today's episode is gonna be about a mistaken identity. An identity that has been given to me, that I've accepted, um, and that I've been dealing with my entire life. So if you know me, you already know that I'm a big girl. But my whole life, people was always telling me how big I am. You know, like, oh, you're a big girl. Or, oh, you're pretty for a big girl. Or, oh, this for a big girl. And it just felt like no one ever let me forget it. Not in my home life, not in my school life. Everywhere I, I looked... I was always just reminded of it. Um, and even sometimes, even though it was in a negative way, as a child, no one ever said, hey, baby, like maybe, you know, don't get thirds. <laughs> and forget seconds, maybe not get thirds, maybe not eat this. Um, let's go on a walk. Let's do this. It was just, oh, you're big. Oh, girl, you're so big. And just laughed it off. You know what I mean? Um, 
And like I said, I was in my home life, my brothers and sisters, although it was just sibling rousing and, you know, making fun of, that impacts you as a kid, you know? Um, some of you may not know this, but I was actually a twin. My mother had a miscarriage at two months, um, you know, at home. And then she went to go have the thing where they kind of like, you know, scrape you out, make sure everything's good. And the doctor said, let me do an ultrasound before we do that. And lo and behold, there was still a heartbeat. There was me. Um, and I'm just so thankful that they decided to do that because who knows, you know, I wouldn't be here. But in that, my older sister would always tell me, you know, that the reason my twin died was because I ate all the food from it and that I killed my twin. Now, I know that sounds really harsh and evil, but I don't want nobody coming for my big sister because, you know, hurt people hurt people. And she was going through her own trials and tribulations and things at that time to even say that. But just imagine being, you know, between three and five and six and constantly hearing that and what it does to you. Like, oh my gosh, like I quite literally thought I really killed my twin, not understanding the reproductive, you know, system and how all that works and things that can happen between our during pregnancy. So I was naive and I believed it. And that really did a number on me and how I felt about myself and it was hard. And then at school, always being bigger, you know, I'm 6'3 right now, but in school, I wasn't 6'3, but I was always bigger. The biggest one in the class, I was sometimes bigger than my teachers, um, security guards. Like I was just out there. I stood out like a sore thumb. And so the kids would call me fat. They would call me a tub of lard. Um, the one that just really hurt the most was Beckzilla. They used to call me Beckzilla around the whole school, playground, things like that. Um, and then my mom, she always wanted to protect me and she just, in her protection, always let me know how different I was from everybody. Um, and she would always just say, you know, baby, you bigger than everybody else. So you got to make sure you don't smell, you know, you got to do extra stuff to make sure you're not in, out in these streets stinking, things like that. And so in my mind, I never allowed myself to just be a normal kid. I was always constantly thinking, well, do I smell? Am I this? Am I taking up too much room? Everyone's gonna like, you know, the little things like, you know, my butt was big. So I would hit stuff, knock stuff off the desk. And where it was just a simple, oh, excuse me. In my mind, it was like, oh my God, like I'm so fat. I'm knocking things off the desk, my hips, my butt, my stomach. And then like everyone's laughing at me because everybody was always bullying me and always laughing at me. So it just like blew up things in my mind. And blew up my insecurities, you know what I mean? Um, and I remember this one time, uh, my dream was to be the first size, plus size supermodel and the first like super big plus size actress, you know? And I was really good at it. I was very dramatic, I was very emotional and I was bomb, you know? Like I would practice little skits in my room and that was really something that I just wanted, I had a passion for. Um, and I remember this one time I had this audition with John Robert Powers, I must've been, I want to say like, I don't know how old I was because I think it was right before we came to Arizona. So I was like 14 years old at the time. And I was like, mom, you know, I got a ride to the audition. Can I please go? Please, please, please. And at first she was like, no, you can't go. And I'm like, what? Like, this is my dream. I'm like, what do you mean I can't go? And she goes, you know, baby, I don't want everybody laughing at you. And I'm like, what do you mean laughing at me? Like, I'm going to do good. What do you mean everyone's going to be laughing at me? I was confused. And she was like, it's just, 
you know, with your size and everything, I don't want people making fun of you. And I know at the time she didn't mean any harm, but what that did for me was I felt like she didn't believe in me that despite how I looked, that my talents would take me further than what I looked like. But then it also made me feel like, well, damn, what's wrong with the way I look? Am I not pretty enough? Am I not good enough? Is it because like, it just solidified that something was wrong with me physically. And I remember being sad. And then I remember kind of being angry with her. Um, but I went to that audition. I talked to somebody who else was going or something. I don't even know who I went to the audition with, really. It wasn't like a close friend or family member. But I ended up going to the audition. And I had to do a commercial for a Hershey's candy bar. And when I tell you guys, I was filled with so much joy and pride because I killed that audition. I mean, I killed it. They were like, wow, like Rebecca or Becky at the time, like, you're really good. Like, we definitely want to work with you. This is the packet. We're going to take this information home to your mom. Like, they were all raving about how good I did. And I was so excited. Like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to tell my mom. Like, she's going to be so proud of me. That's all I could think. And for a short, brief period, I was like, see, my size didn't even matter because I knew I could do this. But then when I got home and I'm like, mom, like they loved me. They wanted to work with me. Da, 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 da. And this is the information. And then it just was like, oh, okay. And it went nowhere, you know? And then it just kind of made me feel like, damn, like my family doesn't believe in me and they don't think I can do it. And so it just was like, damn, I guess she thinks I'm just too big to be an actress, you know? And like things like that, where my size always came up when I wanted to do something. It just made me feel like, well, I guess this is just it. I'm just a fat girl, you know? Like, this is where I am. This is who I am. And it just solidified and it just kept sticking with me. No matter where I went, everybody just wanted to identify me as the big girl. And so it stuck, you know? And what I did to hide my insecurities about being big was to eat more. And so it just continued. And as I approached my preteen age, I just was like, I need to do some type of performing. That was my outlet. That wasn't how I expressed my creativity. And so my whole life I've been dancing and I love to dance, yo. So when I was um, 12, was it 12? Seventh grade, um, me and my girls, we tried out for the cheer team. And we all made it. And I was super, super geeked. Yes, I was the biggest one on the team, but it didn't even matter because I tried out for something and I made it. And I felt good about it. And, you know, we were killing it. But then what happened? I got benched for grades. Um, but I knew that I wanted to continue dancing and just some type of performing arts because that was my life. It's what I wanted my entire life. And so... Um, we get out of middle school, we go to ninth grade year, and we had to try out. We had FNL Friday Night Live. Uh, that was the dance team in club. And I tried out, killed it, bro. Like, And there were so many people trying out, and I made it. And I used to dance my ass off. And dance was the one thing that taught me, no matter how big you were, when people see you dancing, they don't see that big girl. They just see you killing the game. And I ain't trying to toot my own horn, but if you guys have ever seen me dance and really just on stage, you know what I'm talking about. Like, I was blessed with 
movement, um, grace when it comes to dancing. And I felt like when I was on stage and I was dancing, I can make people forget that I was that big girl. Um, and it just grew and grew and grew. And so that was ninth grade year. And then actually in my 10th grade year, we ended up moving to Arizona. So I'm like, man, like, here we go all over a girl. I'm the new girl. And like, mind you, I've been knowing everybody that I went to school with since like fourth grade from the time I moved. So I was like already just like, damn, I got to go through all this all over again. People are going to be laughing at me. They don't know me. All they just going to see is this big girl. And by this time, I was like six foot probably like six one by this time. And so I was like, all right, my home, my cousin's girlfriend was on the step team at the high school I was going to. And she was like, you should try out. Da, 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 da. So I go to the tryouts and I'm like, in my mind, I am a little cocky at this point. I'm like, ah, this is going to be easy. It's the step team. It's not even dancing. I got this. And then, so they were like, well, we're having tryouts for um, captain as well. And so I was like, nah, I'm going to just be on the team, you know? And then somebody was like, no, nah, you've got to try out for captain. And so basically it was a week long tryout while I'm dancing and everything. It got to the point where the coach was like, look, you're going to do the tryout, but this is just the formality. We want you on the team. You are one to be one of the captains. And it was just like from there, like it just took off for me in the performing arts field. I was dancing all the time. We did parades. We did shows all over the city and it just kept building my confidence. Like, yo, I can do this. Like, this is something I'm so passionate about. And I honestly really wanted to just pursue it professionally because there's nothing I love more than being on stage and tearing it up. People view me differently when I dance. I used to have grown ass women coming to me like, oh my gosh, like, I want to be just like you when I grow up. Little girls would look at me and just tell me like, oh my God, you were so good. I could not stop watching you. And it was never a feeling of, oh, she's too big to be on that stage or she, oh, look at, and then actually I used to change people's minds because I used to, people in the audience would tell me like, oh, like somebody was talking about you, but then you started dancing and they were like, damn, she killing it. Like, oh my God. And that was just good to me, but not even good. It was amazing because it was like, finally people aren't seeing my size and they really seeing what I can do. And so I was, always deemed as like, you know, the confident big girl. But it was only when I was on stage that I was confident, you know? So I would put on that front, I would walk around like my size didn't matter to me. I'm a teenager now, you know? And I remember um, when my homeboys I used to dance with, Rufus, I remember him telling somebody, I like, oh yeah, but Becky's different. Like she's a confident big girl. Like she don't even care. Like she's she good. And he meant it like in a positive way. But I remember looking and just smiling or whatever. And in my mind thinking like, yeah, not really though, because only I knew like after I got off stage and after dance practice was over, I had to go back to reality that I was big and I was unhappy being big, but I was just gonna keep eating. Um, so I just felt empty and I just kept trying to eat, to fill the void, not knowing that my emptiness not only came from my size, but how I felt about myself, what was going on in my life, all types of things. And I was just trying to mask all that with food. And food had always been there for me. It was my comfort, you know? And then, so I got to a point where I was like 21 and I had to stop dancing. I had bills to pay. I had to work. 
Um, and things just got super real for me. And so I wasn't dancing anymore, which made me depressed. I didn't have a release for my stress anymore. I didn't have a, a place where I could go with people I felt like were family and could just do what we love and focus only on what we love, which was dance. So I was working, I was working, I was working. And then I got this one job working at Amazon for the, um, the warehouse, right? And I remember there was this girl there and I would just always see her looking at me and stuff. And I'm like, mm, whatever. So at this time, yes, I know that I like females, um, but I would never pursue one. I was just like, oh, heck no. Like, I don't even know. I don't even, like, I can't do it. I never approached anybody and still kind of don't approach people. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. So she kept looking at me and then we would flirt during break and stuff. I'll be walking by and I'm hearing, mm, like, stuff like that. And I'm like, what? Like, is she talking to me? And then so, you know, I'm talking ish back though, because I can't let nobody just think like, oh, I'm too shy or anything like that. So long story short, we ended up spending some time together. Her name was Amanda and she ended up becoming my girlfriend. Now, this was like a really great time for me and my self-esteem wise. And I know it's self-esteem, but to have someone really truly desire me, it was really, really rare. And actually showed me like they really wanted me, cared about me. Now in the beginning, don't get me wrong. I think we were both just out for sex, um, but it turned into something so much more stronger than that. And for the first time, I felt like God has sent me somebody that I have been praying for. Like everything that I pray for in a man, I kind of felt like I found it in her. Now there was some issues in our relationship because one, I was hella insecure. So the things that she would like about my body. And I'm like, what? Like, you can't like my stomach. Like, you can't like all this that jiggles every time I walk and stuff like that. But like, bro, like she made it all about me. I was spoiled, like whatever I wanted, just letting me know, like, I'm here for you. I like you. I like everything I see. Like, I like that. And I had never, ever experienced that in my life, especially, um, relationship wise, I will kind of say that she was like my first real relationship. Like I had had that situationship with Jordan prior to this, but that was some bull scuttle. And I had like this little relationship going on when I met her with the dude that was in jail or prison actually, but like the dude's in prison. Like, so that wasn't even a real relationship. Right. Um, so the problems I had is because I never trusted that she really wanted me. All I had known is that people will use me to get what they want from me. Um, and that's it. So I would push her away all the time. Like, nope, like, nope. And she got to the point where she was like, yo, look, <laughs> this is what it is. I want you. I like you just the way I, you are. I like what I see with your clothes on, with your clothes off. Like, you're going to have to stop that. Like, or this is not going to work. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Still turning up my nose at her, like, whatever. Like, ah, it was just hard for me to let her in because my whole life being so big had caused such an issue. It kept me from things that I wanted to do. People would look at me, they'd make fun of me. So how can I now believe that after all this time, what made me so undesirable is what makes me so desirable to a person. And I just 
it took a long time for me to get that to my head. But I really appreciated that because it got to a point where I would start looking in the mirror and I'd be like, damn, like, y'all, I do look good. I always thought my face was beautiful. Well, at a certain point, I thought my face was beautiful, but I literally had to stand in the mirror every day and just be like, and look until I, one day I look like, oh, I really do not see someone who's ugly. Like you are pretty, but the rest of me, I would try to ignore. Like I really, really try to ignore my body as much as possible. Like in mirrors, I would just like hmm, trying to glance through. Like I saw it. There's no way that you cannot see your own body, but I guess I just didn't want to deal with the truth of where I was at physically. Um, and so I made Amanda put in a lot of, lot of work and I was very difficult, you know, at times, but she had this weird thing with me and food, right? And it would creep me out at first because I was like, what the heck? And she would just watch me eat. And I'm like, yo, when you fat and you're insecure about being fat, having somebody stare at you while you're eating is the worst. Like, oh my God, because that's your insecurity. Like you already feel like people are watching you eat and they're judging you because you're eating and you feel like you shouldn't be eating because you're so fat. But how else, if you don't eat, you're going to starve, right? But that's how your mind works um, or that's how mine was working. And like, oh my God. And I would just like, oh, people are watching me eat this. And oh my God, like I shouldn't be eating this. And sometimes I would not eat just because I didn't want people to watch me eat. So to have somebody who is your your girlfriend just sit there and watch you eat and just kind of looking like with a smirk and a smile on their face, like you you need some more, babe. Like, are you full? You good? Like, and enjoying it. And I'm like, yo, <laughs> I'm gonna need you to stop staring at me eat. This is weird. And she was like, what? Like, no, you're just so beautiful. Like, and I'm like, nah, bro. Like, you can't stare at me while I eat. And so. It got to the point where I really just had to let her because she was very persistent. And she just loved my size. And finally, it got to a point where I realized she wasn't on no BS in that regard. Totally just in that regard. And so we got to a point where, you know, I would try cooking for her, but she's really, really like anal. So she can't have her food touching. She only eats certain stuff. So it got to a point where I'm like, you ain't about to keep dogging my food. So she started cooking all the time. Now, this girl would cook like three, four course meals with dessert. And I wasn't turning it down. And she was like, oh, babe, I'm not going to eat this. Do you want it? And I'm like, hell yeah. And then I would eat her, the rest of her food. And then it just got to a point where I'm like, yo, I knew I was getting bigger. But when you got somebody who doesn't mind, you know, and it's like just accepting me for who I am, how I was, what size I was. It just was like, okay, I'm comfortable here. And it just became getting super, super, super comfortable. But I didn't realize how big I was getting. Now, when I first got with her, I was only 65 pounds away from my goal weight. I was like, yo, I'm almost there. Like, this is going to be cool. Like, I'm about to get down. I was trying to eat right. I was working at the warehouse. So I was losing weight. I was always on my feet. And then like a year into our relationship, <laughs> I realized I'm up 40 pounds. And I was like, well, I'm getting bigger. And it scared me, but I still was too comfortable in my own skin, I guess, in a the, the not so positive way that I didn't really want to do anything about it. And I was committed to the identity, like I'm the big girl. And so the more I would tell myself, this is it's time for a change. Like you cannot keep doing this. Like 
you're going to end up dying and it's not going to be good. But the more I did that to myself, the more stress it caused. And the main way I handled stress at that point was to eat. And the more I ate, the more I became disgusted with my weakness to food and to the addiction of not being able to do anything about it. So the negative thought process continued and then the stress intensified. And the only thing that was more consistent than this cycle was my weight gain. No matter what I did, I was just gaining weight, eating unhealthily. And it's now to a point where it's becoming a huge problem, you know? Um, And as I elevate and as I continue to grow on this journey, my mental and my spirit is growing and is elevating, but I know that I cannot fully embrace my crown and my true identity until I deal with this physical aspect. Until my body is in alignment with my purpose, I know that I'm going to be stagnant. And I can't allow that to happen because it's all about progression. You know what I mean? And I got to keep going forward. And as I'm on this journey of self-love, I know that to love myself completely and unconditionally, I have to be choosing to care for my temple. And if I don't, I'm going to constantly be at that daily war zone. And I know it's going to be a struggle, but I can't keep subscribing to this identity that everyone has given me since I was born, that I've accepted since I was a little girl, because I know that it's killing me. I have to let go of that fat girl subscription and I have to release that identity. And I know that to truly care for myself is to stop making those decisions that will ultimately kill me. I'm dealing with health problems now because of my weight. I'm completely uncomfortable in my my body. I'm always in pain. My knees hurt, my back hurts, everything hurts. I'm so limited in life because I just can't physically do things. And I'm 29 years old and I should not be feeling like this. I'm sorry, you guys. It's just that I've been holding this insecurity in in for 29 years. It's been the biggest and toughest thing about my life because although people can see it, I just, I put on that front and I hide like I'm the confident big girl, but this hurts me, you know? And I'm choosing to be openly vulnerable after so long, after the 29 years of shame, because I know that we've all believed what someone told us was true about ourselves and that we allowed that lie to create more falsehoods in our own minds. But today I say we call bullshit on it all. Today I choose to be more than a fat girl I choose to be comfortable in my body and my skin. 
and I choose to be healthy. And I will be manifesting a huge change in my life. Because if not, my life will be ending soon. So I got to forget what my mama said, what my sister said, what those bullies in the fourth grade said about me. Hell, what I said about my damn self, you know? And I got to change my life, the way I eat, the way I think about food, the way I think about myself. Um, I have a kid now. I can't just be super unhealthy and not care about what happens to me because I got to care about what happens to me so I can take care of her. But I know that this is going to be the struggle of my life, the battle for my life. And I can't do this alone. So in my transparency, I am going to reach out to one of you guys and I'm going to ask for help. I need somebody to be my accountability partner. And, you know, I know that there's maybe some things that you're struggling with. Let's help each other. Let's be accountable to each other. Let's build each other up because sometimes we try to do everything by ourselves and we keep getting knocked down. We try to get up and we try to do it by ourselves or we're ashamed or we're afraid to tell somebody what we're going through for fear of what's going to cost you or if they're going to really support you, if they're going to ridicule you. But I say today we stop being ashamed of the things that we go through because your story might help me and my story. My story might help you and your walk. So if there's anybody out there that be willing to help me, you know, just check in, make sure, see what my meal plans is for the week or the day. But I know that this is something I am going to have to take minute by minute. It's already been a struggle. That's why I haven't put this episode out yet. I've been struggling with this. And it's like every day I'll be like, nope, I'm not going to eat any candy. Candy's not, that's my shit, candy. And I'll be like, nope. And so one moment I can hear myself like, just like, you should get some candy, you should get some candy, you should get some candy. And I'm like, nope, not doing it. Nope, not doing it, not doing it. And I'll do good. And then like, 30 minutes later, I'm walking to the kitchen and I'm grabbing something that's sweet and full of sugar. And then I'll put it down, I'll throw it down and I'll walk out the kitchen. And some days I'm strong enough and I don't do it. And then some days I go back in the kitchen and I eat the candy. I do not want to keep giving in to this addiction. I don't want to be the slave to anything, any addiction, any mindset. I just want to be free. So yeah, if you're willing, please reach out. Um, On all my social media platforms, you can find me on Snapchat at Regal Rebecca. It's Regal underscore Rebecca Instagram, Facebook. It's just Rebecca Hannah. Um, And yeah, I just want to thank you guys for tuning in today. 
I'm really emotional right now. It's a little heavy for me. It's just, this is what I've always known. But I'm ready to find out who I can become, who I'm truly meant to be. So yeah, if you are ready to find out who you're truly meant to be and to let go of this old identity that somebody may have given you or some lie that you have told yourself about who you are, please reach out. Um, my email is regalrebecca at gmail. However, all the E's are threes. Regal Rebecca was taken. So Regal Rebecca, all the E's are threes at gmail. You can email me, find me on social media. Um, I just want to thank you guys for tuning in. And remember to stay true, love you, and peace and blessings, kings and queens. I love you guys and thank you. Have a good night.